Welcome to episode four of PC Zone Lives, for which I'm joined by then editor Will Porter, section editor Steve Hogarty, disc editor Ed Zitron, and staff writer John Log Blythe. Together we'll be scaling the issue 195 radio tower to reveal the PC gaming landscape during the time of the July 2008 issue, when PC Zone was the first magazine to play Parkrai 2 ahead of its October release. As well as a new dawn for Ubisoft's open-world shooter series, the magazine was predicting an exciting future for open-world games in general, a future that is very much with us in 2021. Basically, it's all our fault. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Rishi Shoemaker, and for this fourth episode of PC Zone Lives, we're looking at the July 2008 issue of the magazine, which featured on its cover the first of many sequels to Ubisoft's open-world shooter series, Far Cry. Uh, PC Zone was the first magazine to review the original Far Cry, of course, and probably would have championed them all had it lived to see them, including Far Cry 6, which will be out in October. Also in the issue, readers were treated to a review of Mass Effect, which was recently remastered. And there was a scathing report on Microsoft's attempt to put gaming at the heart of its new operating system, which in 2008 was the much-hated Microsoft Vista. Curiously, we are recording this the week after Microsoft announced gaming will be at the heart of another version of Windows, Windows 11, and hopefully lessons have been learned. And to underline how ahead of its time issue 195 of PC Zone was... There was a feature looking at the future of open world games, a future which is very much here, for better or worse. Now, Will Porter, as editor, you were very much responsible for this issue. 13 years on, are you surprised that much of what went in the issue is, well, hot news? You could almost repackage the issue and sell it today. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, I guess it's like, that's the thing with like open world games, they don't, really change that much do they and you can easily kind of like make them again and again and again just with more bells and whistles and whatever issue 195 was more or less um the midpoint of your time in the hot seat yeah yeah i'm I'm curious how was it going because in your editorial in the issue where you talked about meetings with people who don't understand what fps means was that a bit of a dig i think so i think i was like um I was well. I've been looking at this. I'm really surprised how much issue I wrote. Um, so I was really busy doing all that stuff, and I was um, I'd like the, the big thing at the time was getting like uh, like companies to like uh, pay for nice cover treatments and stuff like that. And I'd managed just by being a nice person as opposed to being a mercenary. Like today, like Ubisoft paid for a really nice sort of flashy. Uh, sort of box for it and then we had a free packet of wow cards and like game cards and stuff like that so i think i was quite um i was just really trying to spin both plates and it, truth be told it was probably taking something of a toll <laughs> but but like uh, i think that i think this is probably at the midpoint i think the uh the, uh, the apples hadn't actually started falling off the apple cart just yet for me, so like, um, so yeah, I think that's why it's quite, quite, quite a good one. Uh, and what's with the um, the monkey on the shoulder? Oh well, um, a monkey came to visit, and um, it wasn't for PC stuff. 
it was um it was does anyone remember it was like a it was like a shit Wii game a party it was game a or Nintendo something Nintendo Wii game yeah they brought they brought a little capuchin monkey in to uh to wave the Wii remote around and impress yeah. us yeah. I didn't I didn't realize I was allowed to talk yet sorry it's all right. well, <laughs> no, no, no feel free jump not, in whenever you can't bring the monkey in without 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 like getting a let's all share our memories of the monkey the monkey was called Katie. And it shat, shat up my shoulder. It sat on my shoulder. It did shit somewhere. <laughs> it did do a shit. It did shit somewhere. <laughs> can't, can't remember. I Go think on. Have, I think it might have shit on John Hicks' desk. Is that right? <laughs> I'll and just say why i John, John Hicks was genuinely lovely. I don't know why I'm wishing. <laughs> well, no, because uh, this is uh, the, the voice you're hearing now laughing at John Hicks is Mr. Ed Zitron. Ed, Hello. you... Um, you uh you made a motion towards the monkey and it really freaked out and it hit John's John in the head. Yeah. That sounds about. Uh, I think I did that and then well, I went back to playing WoW, which <laughs> is up. basic while having all of my work done and just playing <laughs> WoW. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 can, I can tell you what happened after that from looking at life as a roller coaster on page seventeen. <laughs> um, it was indeed Ed that made a sudden motion, sending Katie mental, apparently, which is ableist language, and she slaps the editor of the official Xbox 360. And then Katie grumpily eats mint Tic Tacs and stares at us. Mm, <laughs> wow. Katie the monkey hated us after Ed lunged. I'm not, I'm not surprised. I'd be pissed <laughs> off if I was... It sound like I tried to fucking punch it. You, I... you tried to arm wrestle a monkey and she, she shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to know Sorry, if everyone. Katie the monkey is still with us or not. No, that monkey's long dead. I don't think they don't live that very long, do they? I saw Those to it. <laughs> uh, okay, um, uh, Steve Hogarty, you were section editor at the time of this issue, um, and I think you'd, I guess you'd been. It looks like around three ish, three, oh, three issues, three years. I think you'd been on the magazine by this point. And yeah. Did I'd... you did you not join after the big redesign of uh, when? Dave Woods left and Jamie took over. Was that at that time? I joined PC Zone in 2005. I think I was five years old, and I'd been <laughs> um, I've been raptured from the PC Zone forum by Will and Susie, who um, I was like I was a prolific user of the PC Zone forums and the uh, CVG forums at the time. And I just like post things on there. Very well, funny things, as really, one would do. Really, really funny shit. You were called Escaped Underscore Monkey, mm. and you just, we just used to spend so much of it every day just pissing ourselves at what what Steve was writing. On oh, ha- hang on, hang on. That name rings a bell. When when did you start using the forums? Uh, God, I would have been like thirteen or fourteen years old. I was I used it for yeah for what, five what years. Year, what kind of year? Would, would that be because that name rings a bell to me? That's all. probably around the year 2000. Yeah, oh, I, I mean, yeah. It's, it, it, like Steve was getting into the magazine endlessly with just like you know, in the magazine, here's a funny thing that was said on the forums, and it would just be <laughs> Escape Monkey, Escape Monkey, usually Escape <laughs> Monkey. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was hilarious. Yeah, well, the, the, the forums are like a massive part of my life, like, like my social life, my spending all my spare time on there. Um, my my parents would joke that like I spent about ten years in my bedroom on my PC and then popped out one day and said I was moving to London to go work for the magazine <laughs> and uh, I just never came back. Wow! You say they joked? Well, they probably said that with a certain sadness in yeah. their voices. <laughs> yeah. Was the joke that happened? <laughs> yeah, it was like yeah, like genuinely like a well, it was a dream job. 
to uh, yeah. to be sort of lifted from a small town in Ireland to go live and work on a magazine that I spent my teenage years reading. Steve, how much culture shock was there when you came to London? Because you don't, I don't know, because I, I remember, I think you came to do work experience first of all. Mm. And didn't you, didn't you have a get, you got a, a room in like the, the sexiest street, in the sex <laughs> street, King's Cross. Yeah. I was staying in like a youth hostel on King's Cross and, um, got propositioned twice on the, on the way to the hostel. And, um, yeah, that was by sex or, workers or just yeah. interested parties on the street. And it's never happened since. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. So that was, that was a bit of a culture shock for me moving, moving to the big city. Yeah. It's, it's crazy to like reading back these old magazines and stuff. Like one thing that stood out in this uh, issue of the mag was just how I couldn't fucking dress myself. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm in this tatty old grey hoodie and the and my um column picture. Well let's um make this a uh, point then to introduce um uh, John Blythe then. You you'd been on the magazine for two years. Yes, and starting... I was still a staff writer. I was just about to say that. Yeah, you were still listed as a staff writer. You you that's too... I just didn't have that's much a ambition. long time to be in the trenches. Um yeah and if you look at this issue I I was just scrolling through it thinking, well, have I got any bylines? And like, no, I've just done a couple of shit reviews and a, a preview of Space Siege, a game that everyone loves to this day. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so, yeah, it was oh. very much a Jill and, a Jill and Wamey, as I like to call what? them, in my <laughs> one thing with me, my mum and dad, uh, Will and Jamie I episode. Thought, I thought I was the one who makes obscure references that no one likes. What two spacey? I don't know what is Jill and no, oh, I'm Will and Jamie. I'm I just I just spoonerized Will and Jamie oh. by mistake. It oh, you see, I'm very mistake. stupid. I apologize. <laughs> I'm the idiot. Pardon me. I'll go I'm back. I'm not to referencing old sitcoms that you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that is my job. I apologize. Um, Ed, 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 you were you were um, very new to the team on on this issue. Can, can yes? Did, did, were you were you because you were disc editor? So yes, my 90% of my job was putting Condemned, a demo of the game Condemned, on the disc so that we could get BBFC rating of 18 so that we didn't have to worry about any of the actual... Was, it was BBFC, it was something else as well. I used to have to physically take the, the disc down to the West End and hand it to them to be certified. Oh, I think shit, yeah, that's I right. That didn't, as well. didn't didn't that's we put condemned on every month specifically because so we, we, we knew it was getting eighteen, and therefore we didn't have to worry about the content. It, exactly, we just <laughs> it made the whole thing much easier. And like, I was we very was new. Re- to we just really like condemned. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it became a running joke with the disc liner stuff. Where it's just like, oh, we love this game so much. It's on here again for the thirtieth time. <laughs> But no, I was I was the disc. Pardon me. I was the disc editor, and I would also basically write anything and everything anyone would put in front of me. So I just const. I was. I I also had. I had to do this Mass Effect review on this issue, which is a great great time. I was. I was a young young boy then. I was fresh out of university. I'd done a year at Penn State, and I had flown back there to throw a party my weird micro Caligula experience. And I went over there through this party and I can't remember if I got informed I needed to go physically to Guildford to play Mass Effect either shortly before I got on my plane 
and then there was a misunderstanding because my plane arrived at 12 and I was meant to be there at 9 a.m. Or if I simply landed and then was told to take a cab because I got from the from my wonderful college trip in America, I landed in and then immediately got in a cab to Guildford where I where I played Mass Effect for hours and hours and hours. And I actually loved that game, so I was fine with that. Yeah, but I don't think you ever really forgave England, did you? <laughs> I think you always hated it from the second you landed and always wanted I, to go back to America. Pretty much. That is absolutely it. Yes, yeah, so I... I, was I, I also f- hate it, but I've just got nowhere to go. Yeah, I just... And now I don't live in England. I live in Las Vegas, Nevada. Beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. So how, how, did you end up, how did you end up being the disc editor of, of Zane? So I was a freelancer for a while. I was doing MMO stuff, a lot of MMO stuff. I was basically like expansion packs and the occasional thing. And then Susie was moving on. I don't... Susie Wallace was moving on. Yeah. And I said, yes, I want to do my dream job full time. That sounds wonderful. And so I came in and interviewed with uh, Jamie and Will. And then, yeah, I got the offer pretty quickly. And then it just, I still think it's the best job I ever did. I loved working at Zone. I I miss it dearly. Can I just rewind and just clarify the order of things in my head here? You got Ed in after I'd been there for two years over me to be disc editor while I was staff writer. Will, what was your fucking problem? Because <laughs> disc editor was lower than 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 a staff writer. Disc it's got editor, editor in the fucking low. name, Will. Yeah. You could have been a staff writer editor if you wanted to. Staff editor. Staff editor. <laughs> what, I just edit you? Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't forget, because Susie was. Um, I've got a lot left, of pent up about this period editor. of my life. No, no, no. I, know, I know why. I know why. I know why. Like, because Susie was reviews editor, right? It's like fucking Game of Thrones. Mm. Game of Thrones, and, and then so we were we were grooming you for reviews editor, which you then became. But we couldn't. Ah, you see. You see, you could really have just blamed either. Jamie Sefton. You realise you could have just blamed Jamie. Well, a good a good editor never blames Jamie Sefton, which well, yeah. and, and, and unless it's like you know, something. Well, you can't did. as editor in the office blame the editor at large. A position that was weirdly carved out for Jamie at this period. <laughs> what? I don't no. <laughs> what? no one knows. Wasn't that large? <laughs> Um, this is the point the in the science. magazine's descent where I think uh, staff titles were beginning to just be thrown around. Well, <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. Just, to, just to keep people on. And when also because um, everyone was doing everything, weren't they? So like, yeah, like, there so was like, literally no difference between any of our jobs. Not really. I got to do my disc. And I got in trouble with publishers more. Uh, yeah, um, you sure did. I just my fault. I, I, I just, well, yeah, I just, I just sit in rooms of like a, advertisers and stuff i really loved my job i i know ever i really i i look back on my actual work that i just loved it it was so good oh Real, i loved i loved the people i worked yeah. with the games i was playing the only thing i yeah. hated was well, future publishing yes <laughs> well here we hit here we hit the theme <laughs> the <laughs> Before we move on, um, to get ourselves in the mood, uh, just going to remind everyone about what was going on in the world. Um, and this was the time of the uh, global financial crisis, of course. So it was another cheery period in recent Earth history. Um, and to cheer us all up, The Dark Knight was premiered, if anyone remembers Ooh, the that beginning of that trilogy. I yeah. think uh, Slumdog Millionaire came out 
in uh, I think that was later July in the 2008. Year. Well, it's, well, I think, it's I think Dark Knight was later in 2008. Uh, well, well it's premier, it was premier. It was premiered in July. Oh, I'm sorry. Ed, Ed talking America type <laughs> release times. I bet I saw it in yeah. New York. It's oh, I the, bet you did, mate. Oh, yeah, and they've got Jaws 7 out there in New York. And they've got sneakers. <laughs> oh, we get everything scene. earlier. We get everything earlier. Richie's got his t- days wrong. I was saying it was later. I got this all from the internet. It must be correct. Fucking... Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Sorry. Get it back in your box, Zitron. Fine. Uh, Team GB. Team GB were flying out to compete <laughs> in the Beijing Olympics. And uh, you'll know this one, Will. In EastEnders, Peggy revealed Roxy's hiding place to Ronnie and a killer spider was on the loose in Wolford. I do not remember that one, actually. No? That bit, even though this was my EastEnders era, yeah. Damn it. Never mind. Um, in uh, PC game news, um, ActiBlizz became a thing when Blizzard became a subsidy of Activision. Um, oh, this one. This was a cracker. Um, does anyone remember Stormrise by Creative Assembly? They just announced it. It was, yes, a, it was an RTS. Was, um, it was fucking it was awful. Made by the Australian team, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, it sounds like a like some sort of far right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nazi party. What, yeah. what was that? Stormrise. It was. A, I think it was like a, it's an RTS with um. It had uh, it had climate change stuff in it, didn't it? Oh, Which is why it was prescient. I can't remember. It was just. It was their idea of doing a kind of kind of. Oh, I don't know. XCOMy. It was must be. It was console leading, wasn't it? It was meant to be a console mm, yeah. leading RTS. It was atrocious. Um, what else? Um, CD Projekt announced good old games at this time. Um, well, they were heroes back then, weren't they? They were. Well, it hadn't been released, but they just announced it. They were, they were launching it. God, can um, you imagine PC Zone with Cyberpunk? Woof. I would have given them the business. Yeah. That's, that, that's, a, that's a, good, a good point. That's a good point. How would we have dealt would, with that, I wonder? Well, we'd have given a nice well, trip I... over there and would have said nothing more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the nice, a nice cup of nice, nice cup of tea and a donut. Oh, this is good. Oh, look at look at those tall buildings. Oh, she's a pretty lady. Ninety five percent. This PC you've given me to review it on is very, very powerful. It's really good. <laughs> we would have abided exactly by the strictures of the review. <laughs> I think taken... I think you've all clearly worked very hard on this. A for effort. We are being facetious. Of listen. course, we are. <laughs> What else was happening? Oh, Hellgate London shut down. Do you remember Hellgate? Oh, London? that was yeah. yeah that fuck them. Hellgate London. Piece no, of not, shit. Not fucking homophobe been... bastards. Oh, were they homophobe bastards? Oh, they... Yeah, I, there was I... like there was like a caricature of a gay character like one minute in, and it was so bad. Like, there was oh, a whole. I oh, that. I remember. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just, I just, I just, I just remember that. I, I don't think it's a game that I've heard about. Like in the, on the preview trail where they were describing what it is and what they were trying to do. And where and the talent they had with it, and it was just like fucking up this and like the artwork, and I just thought this sounds so good. And then when it came out, it was just such a crushing disappointment. So bad. Yeah. It looked nothing right. like London either. It was just. Uh, I know that's true. the thing because it was all it was all it was, it was all um, randomly it was generated, station, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Oh, yeah. There's a tube station with the man. There's a man down there with a with um with Morrissey's name. So even <laughs> that hasn't dated very well. <laughs> yeah, Morrissey certainly hasn't dated very well. <laughs> Uh, so what's his real name? Uh, there's a, one of the NPCs Stephen was called Morrissey. Stephen Patrick Morris. It was yeah. called Stephen Patrick Morris. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So that had, at least he had good, very good cover art. I will say that for Hellgate London. True. Yeah. Which I will uh, not say for Space Siege, uh, which which we, we were talking about earlier on, and which had the worst cover art ever. 
and we were sold that as well on the sound something that sounded really amazing. And oh, then yeah. and, and then this cover art turned up and it looked like uh uh Doc Ock uh, like school days. Um, was that Space Siege related to Dungeon Siege? Was, yes, it? it was it yeah. was it was like we were we were sold this the, the publishers were like, Yeah, it's the new thing from Chris Taylor, it's like Dungeon Siege in space and it's great and unfortunately we just said, Yeah, that, that sounds we just we had on the, on the description, like, yeah, that sounds amazing. But we hadn't actually seen it and we we didn't have a cover and we were like it was like, Oh, thank God, something's come in and then we got it all through and the PR was like, Yeah, sorry, we agreed to it. Like, fuck. <laughs> it's awful. No, yeah. I'm sure it had it I'm sure it had its positive points, but it was not a good thing to have on our magazine cover. Yeah, just reading so, through yeah. the pre reading through the preview, I could tell, you know, when you've got you're doing a preview and your job isn't to be shitting on it. Yeah. But just giving enough coded messages like they're saying it's streamlined. That could mean it's efficient and really enjoyable. It could also mean it's pared back and patronizing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, exactly. that and and on the subject of cyberpunk, though, that was one thing that I remember was always so strange with previews that we were not allowed to treat them as indicative of the game, despite us playing the game we were talking about. Yeah, I think it's it, it was it was hard though, wasn't it? Because I, I think it's it's an odd all the time I was at a PC Zone. So when I was at started at PC Zone, we'd just get all these endless. Um, just, just, we would just send preview code, preview code, preview code. My desk would just be covered in these alpha builds of games, basically, and which is and with just full of bugs and like and, and, and whatever. And as time went on, it became more and more and more curated as they wanted more and more control, which is fair enough to be quite honest with you, because I just get you just get like preview code and to be like, well, what on earth do I do with 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 with, with this? I kind of need I need I need more direction. I can't just play an Eastern European RTS and like. And know what's broken, what is still mm. to come, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm. Probably the biggest thing in the news, um, certainly in PC Zone, was just how hated Games for Windows Live was. Can anyone? Because I can't remember. Can anyone tell me what the problem was with it? Oh, it, basically, it was shit. Basically, they were trying to make PC work cross-platform with console, and they were tying it into big games like I think. Fallout Three was one of the notable ones. It was that it was going to have. It was basically this hideous console overlay that used to appear. Mm. I think it saved oh, yeah, games. Yeah, used to yeah. be tied into it. And you, my my main my abiding memory of which still is with Microsoft products. To be honest with you, is endless. Put in put in your your password, and it would be like it's kind of like it'd be like a delay from your keyboard as well for some reason. And like it was, and you'd get the password wrong. And then you'd have to go through this endless, you know, you know, the feeling of that, that endless Microsoft feeling of changing passwords and getting emails yeah. sent to you. And, mm. and then, oh, it was just it's laborious a time when, you know, it should have been all, you know, online digital distribu- distribution and, you know, things being available instantly. It was just this ridiculous barrier. And it was just them trying to sort of get everything on, on, on equivalent with X, with Xboxes. Weren't they also trying to get people to pay the same yearly rate for online play yes. as well? Oh yes, that's right. And they were because they, they, they had the, the the launch game was uh, was it Shadow Run? It was like a it's like a it's like it was like a it's like a like a shit it was like a shit online shooter, wasn't it? Based on the wasn't it wasn't it Shadow also Run? based on a on a classic game? And thus that they but they vastly overestimated how excited people were to see it. Yeah, no, I, I remember going to the Games Windows Live 
events and the, and the the Microsoft exec was like, I was like saying, I was like, I was like being quite, I actually did some proper journalism at him, like, uh, and uh, and he no like signs uh, browsed will. I, but sorry, yeah, you know, I, no need to sound surprised. Sorry, I, I said it wrong. <laughs> but I, I could, I, I, you know, I did proper journalism at him, and he was like, but, and like, and doubted, <laughs> doubted his product, and he like, um, he was like, if I'm not here this time next year, then I can, you know, you know, then, then, you know, but I will be here. And he wasn't there next year. <laughs> of course not. It was course, so terrible. Of course it was. He wasn't, it, yeah. It was it was mirroring Xbox Live, right? Yeah. Xbox three sixty was the console at the time. Yeah. And it had that same sort of. Uh, UI that sort of blade interface yeah, blade. dashboard yeah there. and yeah. yeah it launched with Shadowrun and it had a, a, some sort of crossplay between Xbox and PC that never quite worked but then it was how they expanded it to every other Microsoft published game and how badly implemented it was it had like this Fisher Price style user interface that wouldn't scale up with your uh, resolution so <laughs> yeah I mean, there was no way to make it look good but yeah, it just it looked like it was absolutely enormous on your it? screen. You'd be tapping in like you're, like you're the guy in Lost putting the numbers in. They're filling the screen. <laughs> it was this total, complete misunderstanding. It was something that, you know, sometimes I still do to this day. Complete misunderstanding of PC gamers and, like, what what they're like. Do you know what I mean? It's like, how look at this. How would any, you know, PC gamers would get all uptight about frame rates and resolutions. But how would any PC gamer think this is remotely acceptable? Do you know what I mean? And then Cle- charge people just... a yearly subscription fee to play online games and expecting PC gamers to, uh, to be on board <laughs> yeah. with that. What's no, interesting, not... and moving into something that Richie was mentioning beforehand, it's, this was quite a dark few years for Microsoft because about a year later they'd release Windows 7 where basically people would give them credit for unfucking up Vista. And then they'd release Windows 8, which was similar to Windows Games for Windows Live in that it attempted to put, instead of a console, it attempted to put a tablet UI on a regular PC. And oh, yeah, people hate... Done. And then a few years, like 2014, that was when Barma was out and Sachin Della had to change. He actually managed to redeem Windows by making it less offensive to everyone. Now it almost works. And, I, and, and I've got a lovely little thing on my dashboard telling me it's 18 degrees and light rain. Thanks, guys. <laughs> That's right. I mean, I've got partly sunny here, so, <laughs> oh, so mostly boy. cloudy. I feel discriminated. Let's everyone share the weather. <laughs> but the only reason they put it in, I'm sure. But anyway, but yeah, but no, it was an absolute. It is a, it is a period of, of of misunderstanding of PC gamers. It's like these 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 decisions made in executive boardrooms that clearly makes makes sense over an executive coffee with your PA next to you. Do you know what I mean? But like. Actually, at gra- grassroots level, it's just like, what are you doing? What are you people doing? I just want to play Fallout Three, hmm. but they want to unify the experience, and that's more I, important. But but PC games, there's one thing PC gamers do not want: they do not want to be unified <laughs> at all. No. There's one thing I've learned: they do not want unification. They just, they're quite happy to be very, very, very independent. That's the thing with self self defined <laughs> master races, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So have Microsoft t- turned it around with Game Pass these days? Because, you know... Yes. They worked out the people like free games that are good. Yeah. An incredible, an incredible system. Well, yeah. free games. Uh, way more games than you are pay- realistically paying for. True. True. But have you, have you tried to play an EA game through Game Pass? That would involve it's, playing it, an it, EA game. Yeah, but I mean, you know, because EA Play is, is part of Game Pass. Well, you know, it's part of the subscription or whatever. Uh, I, I really do wish Origin came out around the time that we're at Zone because 
It's an issue's worth of material about how shit that is. Oh god, yeah. Well, it still is, and yeah, it's. But it's like trying to play an EA Play game through Game Pass is almost trying to. It's almost like it's almost like going back to to, to games of Windows. It's just the same issues. Yeah. It's just oh. Well, because because of the endless the endless logins of different you services, are, yeah. Because you've yeah. got not only you've got EA Play as part of Game Pass, you've got EA Desktop, and if you've got Origin installed as well, you've got two client or EA clients running. It, oh, I'm stressed just hearing about it. It drives me nuts. <laughs> and then and with uh, Microsoft announcing Windows 11, and they're they're using that phrase, "We want to put gamers at the heart of the new Windows," and it's like shit. Where have they said that before? Yes, let's carry on with Far Cry 2 then, which was the um, cover game for issue 195 and uh, for which uh, Steve was sent over to Montreal to play the game, we heard, and chat with the team. How, uh, Will, how did, the, the, um, how did that feature come about? Um, the feature came about because, um, well, we just were aware that Far Cry was going to be a really big, deal and uh, like it was um okay I, I can't so it had been announced that i think it was going to be we were just coming out just for e3 and, and they were showing off the the c3 demo which was the amazing like um uh like fire like super fire super wildlifey stabby emergent em up like um and um and i think basically we would we would the extra like sort of content and interviews um that we could get from that for the exclusive um we could send a man uh, or a lady or whoever as as long as they were clever over to uh over to the wonderful computer games world of montreal where all of the best things happen it was a uh, while ago though it was before women his <laughs> <laughs> pre-woman well, we had a Steve anyway, so we sent a Steve. And, yeah, the closest uh, thing you had at that point, <laughs> you homophobic <laughs> bastard. Jesus Christ, Will. Anyway, so Steve went over and he liked it, right? And it was good. And it, and like and it, I think it, my, and all of the uh, issues with the game that came out with the proof in the pudding when it actually came out, they were just not quite relatively hard to foresee at that point as well. And I think, I mean, I, I just think we were just all absolutely just blown away by it. Certainly the best tech demo yeah. I've like ever seen. In terms of like, because it was really buggy, wasn't it, when it came out? Well, it's just, um, it just had lots of weird, like weird hitches, didn't it, as well? Yeah. Like, yeah. But then I think that's why it's such a fondly remembered Far Cry game now. It's so weird and so it has like, um well, the, the main strange thing about it was that the main character had a communicable disease that uh would come on and uh, he had malaria but the symptoms of malaria were um blurred vision and groaning a lot and not being able to shoot your gun anymore which i don't think is um how malaria actually works that's that's not what dr livingston got no (laughs) um but yeah i think it's i i was doing some research research into far cry 2 because ubisoft's doing a lot of sort of um retrospective stuff on old things uh old games in the series and it's uh beloved by fans everyone's clamoring for a remake of far cry 2 i always thought 3 was the one that that i barely remember anything that happens but i always thought 3 was the one where 
everyone went nuts for it. Well, three, um, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. Three, I think two was the one that people who who know Far Cry from the beginning will say, "Oh no, it's yeah, two's the one." But I think Far Cry, like Far Cry Two was the one that got all like the the right ingredients, right? Uh, and Far Cry Three was the one where they worked out how to properly bake the cake. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, Far Cry 2 is definitely formative of... Even Far Cry 4 is full of like stuff burning in a way that is so clearly built off of that tech. And it's the series really was made by this game now, now that I've got to eat crow. Actually, don't, haven't all the games used the same engine? I believe so. I think they have, even well, apart, apart from the first one, obviously. Like, mm. They were like... Um, but um, yeah, and I, I think I think what's going to improve them as as they've got well improved, I guess. But they've gradually got more and more Ubisofty and a lot more in yes. that they're, they're a lot more about checkpoints. Press press this button, go here, yeah. pick pick up these things, and they don't really care about you like fast traveling all over the place once you've done that initial ex- exploration and stuff. And yeah. I think that, that like yeah. maybe the maybe the f- first one, first one, second one, Far Cry Two had a lot more. Um, I, I don't know. It just had to like held your held your hand a lot more, yeah. and wasn't quite as brave into just saying, "Here's a fucking open world, go for it." Far Cry Five was far more reminiscent of two. I mean, you spend a solid hour before you're even introduced to anything possible, and then you have more. They constantly put up not particularly creative ways of keeping you from traveling much, which is quite literally the opposite of what I want from an open world game. Yeah, didn't if you drove off the edge of the map, you just died of malaria on the spot. <laughs> I mean, that's what happens. <laughs> Those pesky mosquitoes, what won't they do? <laughs> but it introduced a bunch of um, sort of features that they that the series kept hold of. Like that was the first game to introduce like a really big bad antagonist to a sort of taunt you in cutscenes and flounce around the place. Um, it also introduced. Uh, weapon degradation that they quickly got rid of, but um, you'd have rusted guns that would just jam in the middle of a gunfight. That's fight. right, yeah. And then yeah. That got all the way through to the end yeah. product. It's like, yeah, this is this is a great system. Everyone's having fun when your shotgun doesn't go off. And your shotgun backfires into your and face, yet when and when that you shit have happened, it's very Breath okay. of the Wild, though. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say, like Breath of the Wild, everyone said it was fucking great, but it was bad then too. Yeah, fucking Nintendo. And and it was it the first Far Cry that introduced radio towers and safe houses. Oh, were there radio towers? Hmm. Hmm. I thought there was a tower early on. Oh, my God. I I don't think they had quite the the same. Um, I don't think they were used in the same. I could be wrong here, but I don't think they were used in this quite the same open worldy sort of here like swoop over the map. Kind of here's your next things you can do. I yeah, well, it was it was three where they became the kind of Assassin's Creedy kind of town, yeah. weren't they? Yeah. yeah, I didn't know whether they're in two though. Mm. Okay. Uh, when I was in Montreal to play it, they had um, the Phillips. Remember the Phillips Am- Ambiex? Oh, I, rem- I, re- I remember getting the bloody emails all the time, all the time. <laughs> we got a bulb. You put it behind your telly. It's amazing. <laughs> it can be red. It can be green. If Wait, what was this? Pre- was this like interactive light bulbs? If you're playing a game that's really cross and red, then it'll put red behind your TV. <laughs> and if you're playing something that's really cool and calm, then maybe it'll be a greeny blue. 
and like yeah, it's the future it's not it the future it's a yeah, fucking it, bulb it doesn't work on the colors on your screen it works on the mood that the game's trying to create <laughs> <laughs> okay that's very funny uh, they also had um as well as having lights that react to what's on the screen they had um a set of fans underneath the monitor so that whenever you whenever you started sprinting, it would just blow air at you. To and water pistols for when you're paddling. Oh my God. <laughs> 5D like, cinema, yes. Yeah, it's like those horrible 4D, 5D movies yeah. you see. And and did and did this um, improve your experience, Steve? No, it was when the creative director Clint Hocking was sort of walking me through. Uh, <laughs> through a glass of water at you. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a joke. No, this is yeah, this is a real thing. <laughs> Um, no, he didn't throw a glass of water at me, but um, whenever he started sprinting, the fans would come on, and he was convinced that it was the sound of a car, like, in the game, and he was hunting what? down this car um, until after about, yeah, five minutes of running around, he realized it was this this tiny set of fans at the bottom of the screen. <laughs> so I don't think the Ambex was his idea. Wasn't he the guy that came to prominence with um, Splinter Cell? Because I'm trying to think of the game. I'm trying to re- remember this guy, this Clint Hocking guy, because he's been in the news recently, isn't he? But I... well, yeah, because he went to he went to Valve, worked on something that didn't didn't uh, come out, and then he went back to then he went then, then, then maybe he went to Amazon for a bit. Then oh, he went it, back. Yeah. Then then he went. He worked back. on Watch Dogs. Yeah, and he the re- most recently he's on the most recent Watch Dogs with the um the uh the the body swap mechanic. So it's kind of which kind of lives in the same world as the, as the buddies, really, in Far Cry Two, I guess. He's really good at those kind of game system ideas. Mm. Uh, Didn't he? Yeah. Did he spend some time at LucasArts as well? I think he's he bounced around Wikipedia. a lot. Um, yeah, I think he went to LucasArts from from Ubisoft, I guess, or from Montreal or whatever. Yeah, looks like LucasArts and Amazon. Well, I was Googling him, but I'm stuck on the image page because hey. he's quite a handsome lad. <laughs> right. Well, I hope he's found what he's better. looking for. <laughs> John, you reviewed Far Cry 2, I think, uh, later in the year. Was it later in the year? And I think it was Will's last issue when, when I, you reviewed it. Um, I, re- I reviewed Far Cry 2. Sounds like so. it, Log. <laughs> with, your, with your great professionalism. I don't think I did. Ooh, have you got a challenge? Okay, because I don't. Imagine if he had, and you've just forgotten. My God, it's been wiped. The memory's been wiped out by less quirky Far Cries. <laughs> and then it's amazing, right? You get malaria, and then you think, "Oh, I've got malaria." And you get as far as <laughs> then the world really opens up, and that's as far as I played. Good night. I'm tired. <laughs> What's the issue? It was it was Will's last one. So what was that? One nine uh, two hundred one or two two hundred? Yeah, it would have been two hundred one because um, or two hundred two because um, I remember it like the uh, the two hundred this year is quite close to the end of my tenure. Okay, if I I do remember you writing about the uh, Far Cry Two map editor log and illustrating <laughs> how all the tools are used by just drawing a giant cock made out of a mountain. Oh God, this is a road possible. for spunk. Oh, I hope you're not expecting me to have any fucking solid memories of this. I never realised I wrote the Far Cry 2 thing, so I was, like, I was absolutely expecting you just to talk about it while I was in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure right. you remember making the big mountain spunk. That's, yeah. That was a very long yeah. thing. That's, a, that's something I, I would do then and still would now. I mean, I'm not ever going to deny that. <laughs> uh, 
It's amazing how you can just, so much just disappears from your head. I was reading it today and um, I think you were outlining what all the different tools do and you, uh, you wrote about the occlusion block and you said, if you need something occluding, this is your block. <laughs> <laughs> right, yes. Uh, issue 201, Far Cry 2. John Blythe uses pliers to pull an agonizing review out of his kneecap. Wow. Intro. Oh, that's one of those healing animations, isn't it? You, you instead, instead of yes. just putting a stim pack into you, you have to do something gruesome for a You have to remove something seconds. from your leg, which is the classic way to heal a wound. Yeah, it's like you like a game of human kaplunk when you're on low energy. And the and the quote from Metacritic is there's nothing like it around and even with its flaws it's a game you certainly grow to love. And what did he give it? 90%. Ah. Mm. Um so where do, where does Far Cry 2 rank? I mean what what's everyone's favorite Far Cry game if you have a favorite? 4 4 by far. Sorry. Oh, that's great! That's that's mine too. I like Far Cry. I like Far Cry One, just to be just to put <sighs> that out there, because I think well, that much as I, I'm saying that to be contrary, but it, but it just did so many amazing things, and so many of the the levels even now are just. There's this one called I think it's called Boat because there's a boat at the end where you have a crap boss battle, but beyond before that, it's just this three islands in a row. And you can each one with like a little base you can sort of take out, and you can just choose whatever way you want to get from one island to the next to the next. And I'd never had that feeling of uh, just freedom, but like but before, like it mm. was apart from maybe I don't know Project IGI, maybe like you kind of felt that, or like, but it's more imagined in that I think. But it was just like, um, yeah, I just uh, the feelings I got from the original Far Cry, much as it's probably a bit ropey around the edges now. But I don't think I'll, I'll I'll have that again in any other game, because just because it just is this, this amazing feeling of, of, of freedom. Although right. obviously all the all the other, all the all the new Far Cries are good, and I like it when you shoot, <laughs> shoot all the animals. Obviously, yeah. yeah. What was the first one? What was the first Far Cry to let you drive a car into a rhinoceros and then make him into a wallet? Is that Far Cry Three? Yeah, I think yeah. so. But I think you could yeah, probably that's drive. Three. But you could still drive into animals in Far Cry 2, but, mm. but like a bit, bit, a bit less well, of the um, removing of the innards. The game That's... didn't re- reward you for doing so. Wasn't yeah, you go there was on the no, Far there Cry was no, 2? There was no collecting skins or anything in 2, was there? Not that I remember. No. I'm not remembering that Zone was a big sort of like, sort of really into Far Cry 1, and that's just made a massive fuss out of it, and that's possibly why... Far Cry Two became a thing for us. Yeah, I think so because, like, it was we were, we 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 were always the the Far Cry magazine versus versus gamer, and like, um, but like, but yeah, I was one of the first people to play the, like the Far Cry Far Cry outside of outside of Cry, Crytek, and like, um, and yes, yeah, from from that point on, like, like it was kind of our like a very zone game. Right. I, I put it to you that it was a very Will Porter game. Rather. No, <laughs> it was oh, a very Will Porter game, but but it was a very like um, I don't know, it's just sort of sort of thing that we that we that we champion, and it was a very um, also very, I think it was different as well because it was coming from a, quite an obscure place, like in Europe as opposed to the big American blockbusters, True. True. and and I think that because of that, 
it kind of in the same way as Richie. I mean, putting that putting that on on your head, Richie. Would you say that Operation Flashpoint was a very zone game, or was that a very Richie Shoemaker game? You know what I mean. But I think I yeah. think that, I think that 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 needed a degree of check, like but probably more than Far Cry. That needed like some some championing, and that we'll probably talk about that in another in, a, in another in another podcast, I guess. But like. Um, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't a dead. Even though it was amazing, kind of technological powerhouse, it wasn't a dead cert from the from the word go. Certainly not in the in the eyes of the publishers. You won't. Oh, they knew they had something. Something that was good. They didn't know that they had something that was still going to be going all this time later on, for sure. Let's um talk about. Let's talk about the open world um, gaming feature. What was it called? It had a weird title: Freeform Shooter Special. It had. Um, it had. It was called the, the, the actual feature, which was, was called Jamie Sefton will write something <laughs> <laughs> in the in the introduction. So he wrote, he wrote like four or six and pages. And so he so, did. And so he did four or six pages on um, on like on, on the best. And then yeah, and then we like and we had like uh, so four or six pages sort of introducing it. And then yeah, we had lots of different. Like uh, there was loads of like like uh, we had obviously Far Cry in there. I think we had. Do, do we have some ma- uh, mafia was was in there? Yeah, the the, the, yeah, the boy, like Fallout a, Three. Yeah, Fallout Three. I wrote some Fallout Three. That's something from reason. the something yeah. from the Boiling Point devs. Yeah, it was great. Pretty much every shooter now is an open world to some degree. Mm. So was was this feature kind of prescient? Or was it, I mean, was there a change happening in shooters or was it just an excuse to throw a bunch of previews together? Uh, it was an excuse to put, put to throw a bunch of previews together, but also it was, it was, a, there was a lot of these games happening, happening at the same time. And I think that like on PC, you kind of often saw like, like the rough edges of what could be done with, especially with like, again, with the, with, with, with Boiling Point and all the stuff that that, 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 that's, that's, that studio did. But like I think that the thing with open world games is that you have to, re- they they do get so hideously complex that often the easiest thing to do in them is is to shoot stuff, and like and again with the the AI as well, you know it's a lot easier to have AI that works in a in a in like in a le- in a level that's literally like a box with other boxes in for them to take covering whatever. So I think that maybe we see more open world stuff that is shooters just for that for that reason because it's like a lot easier to um to to do that basically and the other thing is of course around this time and certainly now like level like world building software was being created where you could just like tell the computer you know build a mountain over here and it would just in, in it, the, the 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 system would do would do that and then artists would be able to come along and kind of make it look prettier and that's that's the other reason why open world games are a lot more prevalent now because um it is actually computer assisted design of the of the of these areas is just so much is, is so much easier especially when like with far cry you're like four or five entries down down the road this is all the stuff that i've learned in, in now in my development time as well to be honest with you so i wouldn't have known all this back then but like um but i remember very convincing i liked it yeah i remember thank you very much but i, re- I remember being shown like a bit when crisis came around and stuff like that that's the sort of thing they were building crisis like levels with as well it wouldn't be handcrafted it would just be it would be built with a lot more tools and um and uh and then like 
then yeah you'd get the and like foliage placement would have would happen automatically and but then you get the people the artists on to look to plonk the buildings on make it look a little bit more like natural and and, and real so like, yeah, yeah and like working on PUBG though what's interesting because they're quasi open world but not quite but they actually they have to almost have a council around certain things like where a bit of foliage goes because if you give an unfair advantage at a particular drop point, that might be bad. And that was one of the, the things that the designers actually have to agonize over. Yeah, I guess that's the thing. I guess, I guess that's, the, that's the difference now, isn't it, with the, all these Battle Royale games? It's like, yeah, it's like um, you have to think about fairness, eyeline, yeah. eyesight. Whereas, whereas we, like, in, our, in all the games I'm talking about, more, the, more single player, you'd have yeah. to kind of trundle into the side of a mountain and be like lost for ages. Do you, do, do you know what I mean? As was, yeah, exactly. There was a pleasure in the in the actual exploration that you don't get in battle royale. Yeah, you just, you just fucking legging it or well, hiding, hide, hide, hiding in a in a shed. One thing I, I just about the 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 open world gaming feature there was it was quite when I read um, Jamie's kind of introductory part to it, uh, it described Half Life Two as being on rails, which I found quite amusing. Hmm. Yeah, that's suppose, not really what they're talking. About. I suppose. I suppose comparatively, it is. But there no. is a there is a train in it. Maybe you meant that. Uh, ah, yeah. that's true. But, anyway, but but but, but, but especially when Half Life, like in in what was it the episodes? They gave an amazing feeling of freedom when you were when you were driving along those coastal roads. Do you remember that? Yeah. <coughs> Do you remember that bit? <coughs> Sorry, yeah. you could choose to stop and get off and check out different mm. different structures and whatever on the way. That is the first game I've felt like I was exploring when I was actually following a path and then I twigged halfway through I thought, hang on. They're yeah. not doing a very, very good job of making me go places. Yeah. <laughs> That's something that the the Far Cry series and Ubisoft especially have gotten well, they're the best in the business at making these sorts of open world maps that um don't feel uh, Far Cry two does feel a little bit like a um definitely an an, an earlier version of this, but Modern Assassin's Creed games have this sort of design, like this map design that sort of leads the player in certain directions, and it's it's open, but it's um, it's it's got sort of linear spaces in there to sort of guide the player towards objectives and things. Well, Far, Far Cry Four was, I think, I think Far Cry Four is where saying this, having only been one more after this, where the series really felt like it kind of hit its apex. Like it, it was so good. And so interesting, and they did the open world and the narrative really well. And Pagan Min was such an utter bastard. I wish yes. that game had come. Yeah. So this was the Himalayan one, right, Ed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was just such a brilliant villain, and it very much annoys me what they did with Far Cry Five. I'm, I I completely agree. I completely I couldn't agree with you more. Far Cry Four yeah. is just wonderful compared to. Yeah, well, Far Cry Four has a has a sense of kind of self-loathing about the fact that it makes war and makes entertainment out of the murder of people and how grotesque Pagan Min is and how his motivations have arisen and how he thinks he's a hero of his own story. And then you go to Far Cry 5 and it's this awkward, painfully done narrative that never fully completes. I will stop myself. I'm going to talk about Far Cry. For no, let's talk about Far, Far Cry 5. is just so like, they, they've got this, the, this the evil cult. But you don't know what what's the cult about. It's just about yeah. If they actually had the guts to actually make it 
yeah. like Christianity and actually about American well, that, exceptionalism. That's you know what I mean? Political, it, Will, and we all know the games aren't political. I well, know. They should, they should have made it about the, jingo, the jingoism of America. They should have made it about that, but they, they don't. They should have at least said, we, we believe we anything. It doesn't, it doesn't need to be America or Christianity, but I guess. But it just, they just it say, we, 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 but they could just say, but we believe in the, these things. It can be, oh, okay, they're doing that for, the, for these reasons, but they don't. They're just saying, we believe we're doing all this stuff because it's drugs and because uh, peace and there's a big statue and the world's going to end. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, mm. this, there's well, no actually, such... cults actually are, the reason the cults work is because in a weird way they can about, you can believe what they're saying. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and also there's the thing about that game that really pisses me off because the other games they've kind of suggested, oh, broken down governments are why everyone has guns. And what was it in Michigan? I think it's like you want to. They they don't broach the subject of, huh? How do they have all these incredibly large guns? What enabled them to arm themselves like a militia? I guess we'll never know. Moving on, uh, no discussion of having lived in America for twelve, thirteen years now. It's the gun culture here. Depending on the state, that would be something to talk about instead of to completely gloss over. And especially after Far Cry Four, I thought they'd have. I, w- I was about to say some nuance. I would say any nuance would be great. And it's just a big shame because, especially with Trump's America, you could have actually said something, but they didn't. It just rah, really frustrates me. And they're going to, they'll probably be big hypocrites and dig into similar, th- they'll probably do an anti socialism thing in Far Cry 6 that is going to be absolutely fucking intolerable. Well, but they've got that, be. they've got Gustavo from. From Breaking Bad. Can't be that okay, so okay, two, be two questions to finish this off. Would is anyone looking forward to Far Cry Six? And would you say Absolutely. Far Cry, would you say the Far Cry series is the pinnacle of open world shooters? I think it's the mm. pinnacle of Ubisoft open world shooters. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, th- I think I think I think it's certainly it's, it's certainly the the best most comprehensive package, even yeah. if it is some occasionally you know wildly like. Uh, Tonally dissonant and and, and and whatever. I know we I know we know we're trying to wrap this up. Do you remember a bit in Far Cry Three with uh, Buck? My name is Buck, and I like to fuck. Oh yeah, that, the, that, kill, that, that guy. the Kill Bill style thing. Oh, it's just, it's just, it's just, you're just like you're just playing it, and you're just like, why, why this? Excuse why, me. Why, why am I listening to this man? I think I think it suggested that he's about to do something pretty awful to one of your friends, or is about to, or whatever. Yes. Just like, how did this? How did anyone actually think? Like the, this buck who likes to fuck is actually a good idea for inclusion. <laughs> well, I mean, the the main bad guy, well, the the first main bad guy in Far Cry Three is a Hispanic caricature of the threat, the threatening Hispanic gentleman. So it's kind of like I'm not surprised that but seeing Buck in the house is kind of like, oh, okay, more of this, I guess. <laughs> it's just just bullshit. Yeah, fair enough. Does anyone play um, Primal? By the way, is anyone a fan? I of did, one? and I loved Primal. Primal yeah. was a lot of fun. It was fun for the same reasons that Horizon Zero Dawn is fun. Arrow stuff is fun. And it was surprisingly good, considering how weird the premise was. Yeah. 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 Zero, uh, yeah. Um, and New Dawn as well. Has anyone tried that one? The, 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 the kind I did not. Far Cry like Rage 2. I, I, I was so burnt out. Well, no, I enjoyed yeah. Far Cry 5, but I was just like, I don't need any more Far Cry 5 things right now. Yep. So. Same here. I quite like New Dawn. Is it called New Dawn? I can't, yeah, it New is Dawn. It's kind of... Yeah. It doesn't make Far Cry Five worth finishing, but it's an, it does feel a lot better. I, it's almost worth skipping and going to it. It's, I, 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 I've been playing it recently. It's, it's all right. Mm. It always I feel like the um, nice the Far Cry expansions are always 
a lot more creative and inventive than the the main series games. What's the uh, that sort of ironic eighties Blood Dragon? Blood Dragon. Blood Dragon. Never Blood played Dragon. it. But... Oh, oh, it's super it good. Forgotten about Blood Dragon. They're gonna. They're, they're, I think they're planning to on a re-releasing on modern console. Yep. Actually, yeah. Yes, it, it's um, it's remastered DLC for Far Cry Six. Hmm. I believe. Maybe I'll play it then. Oh, super, yeah, that that is super good. Okay, shall we move on to the reviews quiz? Yes, please. Uh, well, I'm sure you guys know the, the rules. I will just read out a quote from a, a review in the issue, and if anyone could guess, well, they probably know. I'm sure you guys have been reading up on it and uh, reading up the issue, and you know what they all are. But yeah, anyway. I forgot to, so we are... I'll be Excellent. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll start with one then. Can I just say that there's one quote I'm dreading you reading out, if it's from me. And what are we guessing? What reviewer is, or who wrote yeah, it? Yeah, what what the game was, what the score was, who wrote it? Perhaps. Oh, okay. All, all three, oh, maybe shit. three points. Okay, first one then. Longtime fans may recall the often risible narrative that accompanied the earlier games, with the story relayed in ham-fisted cutscenes, which history now judges as somewhere between mildly intolerable, sorry, mildly tolerable, and a bit wank. Hmm. Huh. I have no idea. I've no guessing. The storyline. Storylines. It's quite quite a long sentence for him. It has to be said. For him. So something with a bad storyline. Is it? <laughs> is it the race driver game? It is the race driver <gasps> game. Oh wow! Just because I had a, I had a look through and I wrote most of the um, one page reviews in this one, so I don't remember anything like that. I don't remember saying wank. But um, yeah, so I <laughs> know. But I did see really? the race Mr. Driver. Steve Hill, eighty-eight percent. It's good. Race driver good. It was a goodie. There you go. It was. One okay. on the board for log. Next one. Next oh, one. Yeah. A struggle that feels like you're wiping your ass on a copy of Age of Empires 2. <laughs> you wrote that. I think that's, yeah, I, I, I'm cheating slightly. I'm just, just, uh, Europa Universalis Rome. No, no. Yeah. No, no, I couldn't write anything. That's That's too amusing for me. Yeah, Age of Empires 2 isn't in my reference bank, so it's certainly not me. It was Ed. What was Ed? What? Oh, that's surprisingly the funny. Horde. Ed. Exactly, yeah. The Golden Ed. Horde, 35%. Oh, and, ah. and Ed's oh, me. special. Who else just, like, trashed games? Ed, Ed brought the, like, the median score down somewhat on PC. Oh, like. yes. <laughs> You needed someone to understore games. I was there at the other end, fucking dragging it all up. (laughs) Yeah, I got in a lot of trouble for those. Well, not that one, but a few reviews. I thought, I wondered why fucking PRs loved me. (laughs) (laughs) You're also very pleasant to be around and quite entertaining as well, but also, yeah, the other thing. Okay, another one. Uh, the expletives come a little too regularly to keep their comic sting, but like Keats himself famously failed to say, a stream of elegant filth is a joy forever. Now that, that was that you, Log? Is that the, is that the one you're dreading? That sounds like Steve. That sounds like mm. um, Penny Arcade Adventures. And indeed, it was. Yes. Yeah, because I'm the 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 sentence I was dreading from this one was where I call Penny Arcade funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is, yeah! I didn't want to bring that up because that wasn't amusing. No, 
Yeah, no. But yeah. back then it was just back, back then. Juve- Penny Arcade, Penny, uh, Penny yeah. was funny. Yeah, it was just juvenile at that point before they got into anything. Everything was was lots of things that like remember remember Weevil and Bob. I was like that was like the funniest <laughs> fucking. Wait, have they got have they got red pilled or something? Is that bad now? Oh, they they in this. They did the Dick Wolves controversy, and it seemed to push them the wrong way. Oh, I don't saying, mean Penny Arcade. I mean Weeble right. and Bob. No, but I'm just talking about... Oh, no. Weeble and Bob. Weeble and Bob talking about fucking phrenology. No, no. Weeble and Bob haven't started talking about... Quillette now. No, that was just something that you look at now, and you're like... You're like, yeah, that I, uh, I don't see why. I don't think it is as fu- that is as funny now as when I saw it the first time, and when it was like the fucking funniest thing, or yes. like Ma- magical Trevor and stuff like that. You look at uh, it, now and it's just like this is just a, a random thing. On the internet now, it was this is the internet. This is hilarious. That's why I bring them up. It's <laughs> a good point. <laughs> okay, last one. Last one. Um, this is simply one of the best action RPGs to come out in years. Beautiful, dramatic, and epic with memorable characters, re- replayability in bounds, and delivering a fantastic in-game story. It's me, and it's Mass Effect, and it was like 85%. 85? 92? 92? I've got an even more cynical, but yes. that's Now, I, I have game. to say, I, I wasn't... I never got into game. Mass Effect. I, I, I reviewed... I think I reviewed the, the um, Knights of the Old Republic games. Back in the day, also and, great. Um, I wasn't convinced by Mass Effect because to me it felt like Bio, Bioware were just doing the same thing again, but with a the property they could control that was theirs. Well, you know, and then you like saw just, Andromeda. Was, was I, was I guilt, guilty as charged there, Richie? That they were really, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, so I wasn't just being cynical. Then. No, no, but, but it was but, very but, but, good at it. Yeah, it doesn't mean it wasn't great. It was an amazing universe that they, that, that they created. I mean, I, it's, it's interesting because I am. Um, I, I asked, um, I went to, on a trip to see Mass Effect 3, and that was one of the first main questions I wanted to ask, is that exactly that, to what extent did KOTOR kind of lead the way for Mass Effect? And But Casey Hudson just didn't really want to answer that question at all. Do you know what I mean? You could, see, you could tell in their minds there was this very, that was so much in the past. It's like, well, we're not, he just didn't, just he just wanted to talk about Mass Effect because that's why we were there, if you know if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I still haven't, played the series i still have barely touched the first one so am i am i missing something you it's are really it's really good just don't play andromeda andromeda is i don't think you need to necessarily play the play play the first one i, I think i'll play the in. legendary play it through it's worth doing it's genuinely good it depends how much time you've got on your, on your hands richie i think, I think oh yes if you if you've got if you've got if, you've, if you just want a pure hit of mass effect then you can just play Mass Effect Two, and you and you and you can it'll, mm. you'll you'll get you'll get it. Do you know what I mean? I don't think like and and I definitely play Femme Shepherd as well. Do not play Man Man Shepherd, otherwise I will judge you. <laughs> What's bad about that? Because Man Shepherd, oh, well, I, just, I don't know. I I just think that Femme Shepherd is just so much better, and Man Shepherd just isn't. But I just naturally played the female character in all in all games now, just because of just because my time with Femme Shepherd was so good. And you like, do that uh, because it's gay to watch a man's ass running around. Oh, that was, person. That was the my favorite bullshit homophobe. Like, homophobe. Like, <laughs> it's just like this weird fucking homophobic trope that would come up occasionally. What, what was that? People said that. Actually, people actually yeah. said that. Yeah, people, yeah, people have people... said that. Yeah, he's going to look at a man's ass all the time. It's like, what is? What? What? Do you want to look what at a man's do you do ass? in video games? 
I want to look at a man's arse all day, just come and work for PC Zone alongside Ed Zitron. And just, yeah, uh, just let's look at the fucking mirror, <laughs> won't I? Drop a coin in the buttocks and make a wish. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where the reviews came from. <sighs> this sounds like it needs explaining. Well, I'll just... Uh, I'm very ugly. No. <laughs> Ed at that time just sometimes wore quite loose trousers. And, I did. And, and some, sometimes... You know, sometimes you see the whole of the moon. You know, that's what the gamer's, the gamer's posture is one of leaning forwards, and um, sometimes <laughs> and, the fabric Ed, of the t-shirt and that of the jeans did not meet. Edward occasionally leaning towards the screen. You know, and like you know, it's just you know, some, you sometimes see the moon. Sometimes it would happen. It's just natural. It's nature. This was the harassment. One day we all had our hands in there, and he didn't even notice. <laughs> Were you constantly dropping things on the floor and getting Ed to pick them up? <laughs> I turn around and go, ooh. He generally would refuse. To I'm acting like I had a sense of humour back then versus being very strangely serious about everything. <laughs> oh, uh, Sorry j- to go back to this, but I can't believe Codemasters had a game called Race Driver. They just definitely ran out of ideas, though, didn't they? It's like it's like Money Heist on Netflix, yes. isn't it? Yeah, Man <laughs> Shooter. <laughs> Briefly back to Mass Effect, though. Um, has anyone played the remastered trilogy? I'm is on it, a pub. I don't have good. time for this. <laughs> I'm afraid I haven't. I've got a two-year-old, and uh, again, I don't have any time for this. Well, I would if I could. It's I've in my playlist. Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting to go with it. It's been long enough since I've played any Mass Effect game, and I definitely missed one of them along the way. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to a, a full playthrough. Oh, I'll have to pick it up someday then. Okay, then. Um, I think, well, that brings us to the end of the reviews. And um, unless anyone can think of anything else in the magazine that took their fancy at the time or they can recall, we might be at the end of the, uh, well, some, the episode. Something that's of note that like that, we, that probably be good to talk about, which was it led to lots of hijinks, was we gave, we gave away these um, uh, World of Warcraft cards, but they also came with lots of free, like... Um, like like in-game items and whatever like spectral tigers that you could ride oh, little, yeah. little 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 um little goblin buddies that could well, dance were around these, were these were like little Merlocks. frog guys was, yeah yeah were these like in the issue is it like a scratch card or something it's a scratch it's a scratch card but we were given lots of we were given like because we were giving away like they were like a tra- like a, a pla- trading card game uh, but like, um, but every now and again in a packet, you'd get the same way you'd get a shiny in a in panini stickers, football stickers. You'd get a, um, a something you could unlock in the um, in the actual World of Warcraft, uh, mm. like, and to show off with. And because we were so special, we would get just given them. And so basically, we would turn up in in, in WoW. And we'd be like, <laughs> we'd just get out our spectral tigers. And everyone, the whole server, would be like, "What the fuck? These <laughs> guys was... have got the spectral tigers." Yeah, you'd Sorry, these, were like... these cards were supposed to go out to readers, or were they given away with the mag, or they, did they, you they, just were they, they supposed they... to, and you just took them all? No, no, they were they were they were, they were given to, to to us to say, "Hey, do you want they some were. spectral tigers?" Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, after cashing in one of those spectral tigers and then having our fun and finding out that the one that we didn't cash in. I sold for 300 quid on eBay. <laughs> Fucking gutted. I could have, I could have oh. done that 300 quid on future wages. But it was great. But it was great. We, and at one time, we, 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 we did like, um, we went and stood in the, on a roof in Orgrimmar uh, with all our little Merlock pets. 
and uh, it was like it was like the Beatles uh, playing <laughs> on the rooftop. On the rooftop, doing <laughs> all <laughs> dancing, all this, this huge crowd of amazed, like amazed, gobsmacked orcs, yeah. like looking at, look, look at. I've, I've never felt like more like a rock star in my life. It would be literally every player that you ran past, they would. Like even level seventy players, all the best armor and they've got yeah. Swords where you on get? Fire. Yeah. Where get? Where you get? They'd turn around. Where get Murloc? They'd type in. <laughs> and you'd be there, like I'm like this, like level level fifteen blood elf. Do you know what I mean? Like oh, you know, I'm just very special. <laughs> I, I used to tell them where to go. I'd just make up some some, some series of steps that you had to do to get him. You have you to visit every him. one of the thousand needles. <laughs> My dad is Dave Warcraft, and he gave it to me. <laughs> was was Warcraft a big game in the office at this time? No, just for me. Yeah, no, it was, no. It was... Steve could tell when I was playing it from my dead eyes and the rhythmic clacking of my attack keys. <laughs> it, it, it was the um, basically if you if you were um, on the computers that were facing away from from the powerful power seats of myself, like Claire and Dale, then uh, then. Um, then you could get away. Then you could get away with it. Mm-hmm. Um, season. I had the most most secluded chair where my monitor faced no one at all. No one could see what I was doing, and I managed to code an entire website in office hours. Well done. <laughs> Thank you what very much. What was that? Was that the list one? That was Listopia. Yeah. It, wow. It, it attracted a small group of absolute monsters who are still in Facebook now. In the Listopia group. Um, now I was, I, I had the direct opposite to Log's desk. My, my screen faced the hallway where literally everybody went in to get in to the office. So there are numerous times where I was playing WoW I'd get in trouble, usually because the publisher would see me playing WoW. Call well, he Will. Would, he wouldn't. He wouldn't see. He wouldn't see you playing WoW. He'd see you playing WoW and then frantically alt tab it. <laughs> so, yeah, you made it, I was you not. Might, exactly... you, might, you might as well just. You were not. You were not a master of disguise. You might as well. I was just, not. But also, just... the funny conversation would always be, "All right, well, what about this? Oh, that's done. Is yeah. it? Is it in with it? Yeah, it's done." It's, what it's about like, it's done <laughs> i'd actually i was not lazy i'd genuinely done all of my work yeah this, this, is, this is true but like you know have you have you double checked it yes <laughs> no, I, I would go and do that as well out of spite and then be like yeah it's still it's still the b plus work you pay me for <laughs> <laughs> very fast and very fast and b plus work not funny but it's here <laughs> It's interesting, John, that you can remember coding a website, but you can't remember actually reviewing Far Cry 2. <laughs> well, I was alt-tabbing to Far Cry 2 when everyone walked past. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any, any other business? Can anyone remember anything else from the issue? That they'd like Honourable to? mention for uh, I saw Will reviewed Trials 2 in, the, in this issue. Oh, oh yes, yeah. yes. Um, absolutely lost a lot of time to that. And that was very yeah. easy to it tell when I was playing game. that because I... I would so angry. I got you were so angry. I rarely saw you angry, but Trials Two were genuinely. There were a few days where I was like, "Jesus!" Like you respond snappily to me, but like, "Oh shit, uh, sorry." You say, "Yeah, I've just been playing Trials Two, so Steve's persistence in games like that was in Trials. Your persistence in Trials was matched only by your persistence in Peggle, in which you got every Uh fucking medal. Mm -hmm. You're the medal master. You're the Peggle master, baby, and I love you for it. Now that game needs a remaster. I'd play that. What would they remaster? Just up, like just the resolution. 
just make the unicorn bigger. More, more balls. <laughs> just the, the unicorn can just be smileier or yeah. sadder. Sad. The unicorn will be sadder when you when you log out. Mm. Yeah, make the Ode to Joy louder as well. <laughs> Dolby Atmos. Get one of those ambi things and it fires balls into your face <laughs> while you play. <laughs> my last, my last bit is the favourite bit that I we always had fun doing was the hard words section. Um, dear Wandy, where you had to, one of us had everyone had to scan through it, find some things, and then write comedy kind of definitions of them. It's like a glossary, isn't it? Yeah, a little a little jokey glossary, and I, I, I found one. And pardon me for finding something that I wrote and liking it, but it took me back <laughs> to the, my first days of writing for TV Go Home, because it's basically that. So um, uh, Wandy says, do you want to know, find out what version of XP you're using? Simply press Winky and pause. And I wrote, Winky and pause, a buddy movie starring Dennis Waterman as Winky, a man with a facial tick and 90 minutes to live. He's determined to make the most of his last hour on Earth, so is constantly infuriated by his companion, a hesitant bear called Pause, whose indecisive dithering takes up every furious last minute of Winky's life. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, That's, I don't think I'd ever get to write that in any other magazine than PC Zone and get past anyone, so thank there's you. True, there's some great, there's some, there's some great, um, I love this, uh, there's a game here called um, Fate of Hellers, and the, um, and the, oh, and, yeah. and, and, the and like the subtitle on the review is, yep. The Fate of Hellers, I hate those fellas. And that is, that is clever. So that good. Is some, that is some good shit, man. So good. I... I think the only thing I'd add is that PC Zone, despite the whole future thing, I loved work. It was the best job I've ever had, including my current job where I run the company. I, I, gen, I genuinely like think about it a lot and how much I appreciate it all year. Oh, thank you very much, Ed. Yeah. It's, like, it's easy to think back on it and think, oh, you just zoom out and see future and be angry. But then you yeah. go, whenever you zoom back in, just remember the fucking fun we had with like, Will, Jamie, Steve, Susie, Ed, Claire, and Name everyone else everyone. I'm not mentioning, <laughs> and I'm directly insulting by their negligence. Yes. But yeah, but, um, so, yeah, just it was, and also the neighboring magazines. It was just a fucking lovely yeah. atmosphere in that office. Yeah. Yelling at Ryan, yelling at Dino. There's lots of yelling going on, wasn't there? Yelling at Dino with Ryan. Good times. <laughs> okay, one last question. How, what score would you guys give this issue? 72. Oh, that's a bit harsh. 72? That's the magic yeah. number. This is one of 72. my best, this is one of my best this is magazines. It's a bit, like, too, bit too much of you two. I was relegated to the back pages. I think you, you put your wrong man at the front. I'm going to give my issue. Happens to be my lead review. I'm going to give myself 85%, but I'm going to give Ed's jumper that he's wearing in the in the in the free play section. Eddie Kruger. I'm going to give that 43 percent because I just saw yeah. it. And it's not. It's not elegant. It is not. I've slightly improved our dress now, not by much. I'd give this issue a solid 80. Yeah, that seems fair. Well, now I've heard your opinions, I'm willing to move upwards. So I'm thinking um, 82 now. That's good. That's good. This is this is how it worked in the then. And yep, how it works now. We'll we'll come over with the review printed out. You sure? All right. You just said this. Review, you, th- you said you said you said this is seventy two percent. You sure? You sure? It's fine. I'm it's not sure the copy decision. matches the score. <laughs> but to be fair, I was always correct. Always, mostly. 
<laughs> right, guys, I think we're going to have to bring it to a close. So um, thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, thank you for joining me. It's, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you guys. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much. I hope, I hope it's been fun. Thanks, thank you. Mate. It has been. Thank yeah. you so much. Lovely Cheers. time. Cheers, Richie. Cheers, Richie. Oh, well, who wants to live forever? <laughs> the only time I've ever got told off for anything unwritten, it was by uh, someone high up telling me, you should not imply that the advertising people do cocaine. Blog, <laughs> 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 uh, how do you implied it? Um, coming out the toilets with powder on the noses. It was, it was not implying. It was basically saying I'd been to a place where they were fucking embarrassing us all by being loud cokeheads. <laughs> oh bless! Nice. Jesus but they Christ! Did, but they did. They did bring some money in. So isn't that good? Yes, they brought mm. some money in based on the stuff that we wrote. Yes. Where would they be without us? <laughs> <laughs>